Um, don't have any video, so we don't have that awkward, funky kind of lead in or whatever, but whatever you do, uh, decide how you want to put this in. Go ahead and start the music now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fake Philosophers. My name is Mitch. I'll be your host for this episode. Um, hello, other all you other philosophers out there. My other philosophers aren't with me today, my fake philosophers. Um, we decided we're going to try something new this week. As Mike prepares to tie the knot with his beloved um, in just a few days, we decided we're not going to try to... We're not going to try to coordinate and get it all figured out what you know we even thought we you know we could have another off week because we've had a few of those in the past but i offered hey you know what maybe i'll just do a solo haven't done a solo before and uh why not now and i think i'm not sure if anyone else is going to be doing it as well but anyway i decided to just go for it no video because we normally record on uh what's it called the the video chat <sighs> whatever it's called i think that uh since COVID and everyone was using it for um, all their office meetings and business meetings and all that, I've heard so much about the video chats and the conference calls. Uh, I just decided to just block it out of my out of my memory. So I'm not even going to say the name. Not even going to say it. But anyway, the video chat is normally how we record our video. Um, but I didn't want to sign into that. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to set up my mic and I'm just going to start recording. And as I led up to this evening's recording, I thought to myself, obviously, I thought, you know, what, uh, what's the topic going to be? What can I talk about for maybe a half hour about, um, <laughs> that would be interesting enough that people would want to listen. Well, quite frankly, I don't, I, I'm, I'm stumped everyone. Quite frankly, I'm stumped because I don't think I'm that interesting. Um, I make funny jokes here and there and quips to hide the, uh, undying depression and bipolarism that I suffer from self-diagnosed of course and unmedicated well semi-medicated but uh you know I'm thinking about what the topic was going to be this week I remembered I remembered a few years ago if, you, if, if, if anyone knows me they know that in, with my job I drive a lot um, especially in California, driving a little bit means you drove a lot and it meant hours in traffic we've talked about it several times I'm, you're not going to hear me complain about traffic. Just, you know, that I, I drive a lot and I'm listening to a lot of radio, a lot of podcasts and a lot of radio when I'm sitting in traffic. And I remember listening to one talk show and yes, they're mostly conservative talk shows because quite frankly, that's all that's on the radio besides NPR, which sucks. But anyway, um, listening to a talk show host one time and he had a caller come in and, and the caller had said that he'd be, he had shown an interest in radio or a podcast and and the host of this radio show had basically said, well, here's the ultimate test. Before you go any farther, here's your test. Uh, go home, set your microphone to record. And if you can talk, I think he said for three hours, because that's usually the time slot for radio shows. If you can talk and stay interesting for even an hour, then you'll have, uh, you'll have what it takes. <laughs> and quite frankly, that's where you lose a lot of people. Can someone talk for an hour and uh, be interesting for that long. So that uh, kind of remains to be seen. So this is kind of my this is kind of my test. Can Mitch speak for let's shoot for thirty minutes um, and remain interesting? So we'll see. We'll see. We don't have video, so it's already like not interesting at all. So it's just audio, and I'm sure there's going to be like a, a, a 
picture of either our logo or one of if I know Mike he's probably going to put a stupid picture of my face or, or something like that to to lay over but if he doesn't I'll be very surprised he is a little distracted this week so whatever but what is going on so at the time of this recording it is what is it? it's Thursday November 10th when I'm recording this um, two days after the election well not election well midterm elections so obviously pretty hyped up nationwide a lot of uh, senator seats, House representative seats, uh, a lot of governor races that you know quite you know caught people's attention. In North Carolina, where I'm from, it one of the one of the key points was our senator seat. One of our senator seats swapped. We had Carrie Carrie Beasley. I can't remember. I think it's Be- Beasley. Something Beasley. She was a Democratic senator from North Carolina. Well, that seat has been flipped, and now it's Ted Budd, the conser- uh, the Republican, is now holds that Senate seat. Um, the nation as a whole, the House of Representatives is definitely swapped from Democrat to Republican. Not a huge majority, but definitely a majority. The Senate still remains to be seen. Um, Georgia being the big undecided moment right now. Um, and we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, uh, what's interesting about all of this is nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. See, here's what... <laughs> on the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't mean much. And it's kind of funny. It's the same old shit every two years. I've bitched about it before. I'll bitch about it again. It's so overhyped, so over-sensationalized. It's, it, it gets... It gets... It gives me a headache. <laughs> it makes me want to just turn it all off, which most of the time I do. But... It, 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 everyone's pitching this as this being this huge upset and, and all this craziness, but quite frankly, it's not. Every time there is a new president, Democrat or Republican, if it is a new president, like in this case, Joe Biden, this is the same thing happened to Trump, same thing happened to President Obama and George Bush, I think. I think it was George Bush, but I know definitely Trump. Um, Biden comes in, the Democrat, new president. At the midterm, the, legislat- the legislative branch, the Congress and the House, usually switch. Sometimes both, most of the, uh, sorry, sometimes both, most of the time, one of them. In this case, we're seeing the exact same thing. The House is swapped, and the Senate will see. I, I have a feeling if it does, uh, I have a feeling it's just going to be an even split. Um, but I mean, it'd be as a, speaking as a Republican, I'd be you know, I'd be great if we got both, but. Um, but we'll see. I'm kind of pessimistic about the whole thing. Um, I'm not a uh, conspiracy-minded about the whole thing being rigged. I know there is voter fraud, just like there's fraud in everything, but I don't believe an entire uh, election can be swayed to the degree that a lot of people are clamoring. This, it, I know a lot of Republicans in this last election are clamoring. it. It's the same shit that a lot of Democrats were claiming during Trump's election. It's the same thing everyone spouts, and the only difference is everything is getting louder. Everything's getting so much louder. It's the same thing this time. I mean, it's a midterm. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) The legislative has swapped. Big deal. It happens every time. I know a lot of Republicans were hoping for a huge red wave. And I don't know. I don't know. It's all overhyped. And why? Why? So they can sell ad space. And here's where I'm going to sound a little bit conspiracy minded. But I have numbers on my side. The news wants you to keep watching, keep looking, look at that screen. If you're even semi-interested in the election results, you probably checked your phone or turned on the TV 
to at least look at the election results. I, I think everyone might have. <laughs> what would the, what what would you think the percentage would be? And I, I honestly don't know. I'm kind of just asking everyone what you think the percentage would be. Um, half the people in America checked on election day to see what the results were. Turned on the radio, turned on the TV, looked at their phone, looked it up. Um, now, how many of those people do you think were continually, continuously checking? I checked my phone throughout the day Tuesday, maybe once every couple hours or something, just to kind of check in. Not Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, kind of just checking in. And I've fallen victim to it. Now, put yourself in the position of a news broadcaster or a broadcast company or something like that. You have 300 million people in the United States. How many of them do you think casually looked up their, their news outlet to find the results? Let's say every most of them, everyone if not most of them checked at some point. Now, how many of you, how many of them do you think were like me that looked maybe once, uh, two, three, four times a day, maybe one in 10, let's say it's just one in 10, 30 million people in the U S are checking their phones, going on a website every hour. Okay. 30 million views every hour. Now, if you were a company, what would you pay to have that kind of coverage? Even if it means just a couple second blip on a, on a website, you get your banner in there, boom. What is it? Uh, 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 Carfax or, or McDonald's or Verizon or whatever the YouTube ad might be. Um, that's the kind of numbers that you're, that you're dealing with. So if you're a news broadcaster, why wouldn't you try to be hyping this up as much as possible? Not because it's actually legitimate, because you just want people to look even for just a second. Get that ad space in there, get that product in there, and then they look millions and millions of people. Oh my God. The mind of boggle. So, you know, I think a lot of people are scared and worked up about it, but really not much is changing. Not much has changed. If you look at the pattern that America makes, not much has changed. The only thing that's changing is people's anxiety, people's depression are, are skyrocketing. And why is that? Because they're stressed about what the news tells them to be stressed about because the news needs them to keep watching. So people keep watching and keep getting stressed. It's, uh, just unfortunate, just unfortunate. I mean, turn it off sometimes, you know, it, it, every once in a while, I like to go camping, um, uh, you know, get some stuff, go up into the woods where there's no reception, camp for a few nights, and what's I, one thing I've always noticed anytime I do it, it's, I always get a little bit of anxiety leading up to it because of uh, business, you know, work, friends, family, keeping in touch or whatever. I'm always like, oh man, no reception. There's going to be no reception wherever I'm going. This is going to be, this is going to be a bummer. And then I go and it's maybe an, <laughs> less than an hour before I've already completely forgotten about it moved on. Now I'm in, now I'm in nature. Now I'm in uh, you know, whatever. Now I'd like to say that everyone should try that at least for like a, you know, a weekend, but not everyone likes camping. So I can't say everyone should try that. Whatever your thing might be. The only thing about camping that I like, especially is it forces that isolation on you. If you were to say, you know, I'm going to go this weekend without a phone, uh, not going to look at my phone at all. Yeah, but the phone's still there. The phone still has reception. It's not an hour drive to get to a phone to uh, to reach it. It's um, <laughs> you're gonna be connected. 
Let's say you go to a hotel. You say, you know what? I'm going to leave my phone at home. I'm going to go to a hotel or something like that, and uh, I'm going to be just cut off from my phone. Yeah, but there's still TV. There's still stuff around. So that's why I've always kind of liked the the isolation of camping, being in nature or something, because it is truly cut off. And then once I'm always on the way back, driving down the hill, there's suddenly that moment where the phone reconnects, and I get the flurry. Oh, flurry. I get like five or six texts <laughs> from people or emails or what have you and come to find out that all that stress about leading up to it was all for nothing and it's uh it's interesting it kind of puts into perspective you really we you we really think we really need it and it's kind of obvious i know it's been studied and talked about and every year there's a new study that talks about how horrible our mental health is because of our phones how the screen addiction is becoming a really a very real thing um and is, is, is anyone really surprised? I'm not. I mean, it makes total sense. I read somewhere that video game addiction being a real thing, especially in guys, because it gives, uh, video games give guys a false sense of accomplishment. And I've, if all the arguments against video games I've ever heard, that one rang more real to me than, than any of them. A false sense of accomplishment. And it really like kind of bored it because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I love video games. I'll sit for eight hours and play video games and get frustrated when I have to stop because I want to keep going. And I've done days where I wake up, make a pot of coffee, sit down, play Minecraft for the whole day until 2 a.m. playing the whole entire day and going to bed and all I'm thinking about is playing it. Now, why is it? Why is it? That false sense of accomplishment. It blows my mind. And I'm like, that. That's it exactly. That's it exactly. I'm doing there. Do, I'm sitting there doing nothing, and yet I'm accomplishing something. It's not really anything. It's numbers. It's uh, it's Minecraft. So it's just blocks and uh, blocks that equal other blocks that are you're able to do this and acquire this for doing nothing. And it's just repetitive and mindless and comfortable. It's comfort. It's comfort with a little bit of challenge. It's just perfect. So you get the false sense of accomplishment and. Yeah, all the arguments I've ever seen about video games, uh, it, it fosters violence. It um, uh, It's a, a time stealer. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I want it to steal time. I don't like time. I want to <laughs> waste it away as much as I can. But that false sense of accomplishment really got me. I, I read that maybe a few weeks ago, and ever since I've been like, wow, wow, yeah. That's it's just so true, so true. I, I get this great sense that I've accomplished something, but how did I get started on that? That or, I don't I don't really remember. But anyway, the back to the screen addiction. Everyone being uh, oh that's how we get yeah screen addiction. It's, it's real. Um, the the neuron neuron neurons ions the the things in your brain that fire and produce pleasure when you see something or like something. The visual stimulant. The uh, the the ten second video on your Facebook or Instagram. It's stimulating and it's all you need. And then you're suddenly hooked and and. Yeah, so why wouldn't you want to foster that as much as possible if it means selling just a little bit of the corner of the screen and guaranteeing that 30 million people, guaranteeing that 30 million people are going to at least look at it. Man, picture that. If you're, whatever your business might be, whatever your, your livelihood might be, even your hobby, um, I have a... a, a a relative who is who currently is trying to build a crafts business. Um, they purchased it. 
and now they're growing it on their own and uh, they're getting the word out, putting products out and they're already talking about, yeah, Christmas is coming. So I'm getting all this stuff ready and that stuff ready. Um, now in their case, uh, uh, exposure wasn't really an issue, but imagine being a startup like ground, you know, grassroots started from the ground business trying to get your word out. Can you imagine what, <laughs> what just a, a few hundred people seeing your shit, what, what that would do for you? I mean, we've even talked, Mike, Mike, Danny, Eddie, and I, we've all talked even on the fake philosophers about uh, just exposure. We pay for that little Facebook promo thing and we, you know, just to get it out there, just to get people to look at it. What we would do if we could guarantee that 500 people would see our video. I mean, that's what, you know, that's just like a gross minor, minor percentage of what we're talking about here. When it talks about millions of people just looking into whatever. Yeah, there is so much money to be made. So just think about that. Before you Google everything, before you start freaking out, just realize that this is all hyped. It's all hyped. It is all hyped. And I'm gonna say, I said it three times because I believe it. And, uh, you know, there's a point when it goes beyond your opinion and it just becomes truth. Um, that's not, I'm not saying everything I say is true. In fact, most things I say is not true. I just bullshit. And I sit here and talk and think, you know, maybe someone will listen. Maybe not. I don't care. I'll probably listen to it for about five minutes and then I'll turn it off. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but yeah, that's uh, my thoughts on the election, this midterm election. It's the same shit as it always was, you know, and it reminded me of something Mike said in last, uh, last week when we, the episode that came out last week, um, it's something we touched on where we were talking about divisiveness, the country being torn apart and seeing so divided one, I believe it's not as divided as they claim it is. I believe that the majority of people are centralist and lean one way or the other. I myself, I would consider myself pretty one-sided. I don't want to say extreme, but I'm pretty Republican. And about most things, I'm pretty Republican. And and I'll, I'm, I'd happily admit it. Um, I know it can be a flaw a lot of the times. So, But I try to remain open-minded. But I just find that most uh, most issues follow under what most Republicans believe. So I'm like, well, you know, if, if it talks like a horse and looks like a horse, I'm a Republican, I guess. And I think we just have a new, uh, episode title. No, but anyway, most people are central centralist. Don't even care really about the labels one way or the other. Um, and so I don't believe the country really is as divided as they say it is. I mean, if you're a person that tends to lean more towards socialist, socialist, socialized healthcare or um, uh, uh, more funding for public schools and, and actual funding for higher education, if you're someone who believes that, but you know, you also like to uh, carry guns and, uh, but maybe you like to smoke weed, but also you think everyone should go to church all the time. You know, you could be a mixed bag, which <laughs> shocker, a lot of people are, you don't have to follow, uh, fall under, under one or the other. And that, that, so anyway, what was back to what I was saying about, um, the country being divisive one. I don't think we're as divisive as we say, as the, the news says we are, but what Mike had said was that it's part of American culture to be divided. Now, what he said is it, it, it's not that it, it, I'm saying it wrong. Let me go back. <laughs> it's part of American culture to be at war with ourselves, not literally at war, but 
debating and arguing. And in fact, since we were first established, it's been something that we've always done is debate and argue and change who we are. Uh, The Civil War being the most glaring example of that, we were literally willing to kill ourselves. (laughs) We're talking hundreds of thousands of deaths over a very important issue, and it was absolutely worth it. The, the issue of slavery being legal or illegal. And I can get more into the, uh, in fact, I'll write that down because I might touch on that later. Uh, the South and the Confederacy and, and the Civil War and stuff like that. But actually, after being here for a month, I have uh, learned nothing, but I have plenty of opinions, but I'll get back to that later. Um, anyway, but America being not necessarily divisive, I think it, there needs to be a better word for it. It's America has always been, America's always been at war, quote unquote, with itself because they take because we take on huge issues, slavery during the Civil War. Um, uh, when we were so isolationist after World War One and then suddenly getting in, getting involved in, in World War Two with the with the fight in, in Europe and Japan. Um, there was a lot of division about that, whether we were supposed to get involved or not. Well, not a lot of division. In fact, most people were pretty on board with going into Europe. Um, I, I, but to go back, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's been a culture in America for for as long as we've been around to be at war with ourselves and to fight against ourselves because, quite frankly, that's how we grew. It's not the way every other country does it, but we are not every other country, nor should we be. I mean, I've always kind of, I hate to say it, but I've always kind of stonewalled against people who try to compare America to other countries. Well, you know, uh, socialized healthcare really works in Norway uh, because uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, Norway has about a tenth of our population. And believe it or not, their demographic is very, very different than the the demographic in the United States. They don't have necessarily as many cultures as we do, this melting pot of cultures that we have. Um, So... No, I hate comparing countries any more than I hate comparing people. I mean, think about it. If you're listening, you've had brothers and sisters. Have you ever had your parents compare you to your brother or sister? Have you ever been in a relationship and that person compares you to their ex or compares you to an ideal person? Then, then you know, no one likes that. I mean, it's a human tendency to want to compare to ourselves even to, to other people or compare people to other people. I get it. I think it's wrong, but I get it. And it's the same thing applied to the macro of comparing your country to other countries. I believe it's okay to aspire to be better based on what other countries have done. In fact, that's how we outlawed slavery is because we were looking at, you know, England and other countries to be like, you know what? Shit, they've got their, they've got their stuff together. I believe they've got their stuff together. Uh, we should, uh, you know, we should follow suit. Uh, so I do believe there is a place for, you know, looking up to other things and saying, yeah, that's a good idea, this and that. I don't believe in comparing uh, comparing across the board. Am I speaking too much on it? I think you guys kind of got the gist of what I'm talking about. And hey, look at that. We're past 20 minutes and I've just been rambling. Shit, this radio thing is easy. All I've been talking about is just things that have been happening in North Carolina and all the country and all that. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Um trying to think what else might have happened in North Carolina. We uh, didn't have a governor race, not too many ballots. Well, the only thing I did see was uh, there was a lot of bonds that passed. You know, people do, you do realize that bonds mean taxes, right? Like, okay. I mean, anyway, 
in a time of recession, you know, there was a, there was a proposition, I think it was in California. I don't know if it went past the house cause it's such a fucking super majority over there. Um, there was a, there was a proposition where it, I forget what it's called and what the details were, but it basically said it would require propositions to be simple and clear in their title. So if it raises taxes, it says raises taxes for what, for this, why this and this and this, none of this like fancy political jargon that they, that they run shit through. Um, an example of where this would have been very clear and where this actually started was a few years back. This is, this pisses me off and I know I've talked about it, but I'll, I'll continue talking about it because it speaks to just the horse shittery that is California politics. A few years back, the California government fucked up their pension system. Uh, Neglect, mismanagement, corruption, whatever it was, they fucked up their pension system. It could quite frankly be the fact that people are retiring at 55 and then living to be 100, so they ran out of fucking money. Whatever it might be. Pension system was fucked up. So what what did California do? Did they go to their you know, 60 year old retirees and say, sorry, we can't pay you. Hell no. What they did is they stole the money. They didn't steal the money. They re diverted funds from the, uh, uh, transportation budget of California and diverted that into the pensions. Now, if I'm getting any of this wrong, eh, fuck you, get a mic and correct me. So they diverted the funds from the transportation budget into the pensions. So now they got all their retired old ass voter ex state employees happy. And now there's no money going to the transportation. If you've ever driven in or around California, you can pretty much gather that the trans the, the transportation system in California is terrible. The freeways are terrible. And this is not just some jaded Californian talking about how great things can be. It is legitimately bad. Driving through parts of LA, having roads so bumpy it screws up your the suspension in your car, flat tires, traffic jams, the, the congestion in the highway system in California is appalling. And it's a whole separate issue. The fact that it was undersized, under budgeted, and it's not even finished the high, the, the highway system in California. They're not even done building it all. And they're getting caught up trying to repair the shitty job they did in the first place. Transportation in California is so bad. It's so bad. It is the worst. And it ranked as something like the fifth worst in the world or something like that. The LA highway system. I don't, don't quote me on that. I know I remember looking it up and thinking and not being surprised, but being very surprised at how, how it ranks. Mitchell, didn't you just say to not compare uh, yourself to other guys? Fuck you. All right. Get, get a mic and come at me. I don't care. Get on the mic. We'll debate. We'll debate. Anyway. So California diverted those transportation funds into the pensions. Now imagine I was following this very closely because half of my day consisted of driving on California's transportation system. It was terrible. So for them to take money and put it into the pension, and we were like, what in the fucking fuck are you, what? Now California needed to make up that money for the money they took out of the transportation budget. So they made a proposition. They, I don't know who they exactly, and they called it the roads and, what do they call it? The the road and highways uh, proposition or whatever, uh, uh, act or something, raised our taxes, raised our gas tax. The gas tax is what the Republicans called it. I say Republicans because if you're a naysayer in California, you're pretty much a Republican. (laughs) 
they called it the gas tax. They raised taxes on uh, all gas to cover to and and taxes in other ways to cover for this money they took away from the pension, took away from the transportation to put into the pension. So there was a proposition, another proposition, uh, put forward to remove that tax. It was called like the the um, you know I, f- I forget what it was technically called initially when they put it forth but they basically the writers of this proposition were like dude fuck that i mean you 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 took the money from the transportation to pay off your shitty management of the pension you're not taking that money away and you're not going to raise our taxes just because you screwed up the government came back california government came back rewrote the proposition to call it the repeal the roads and highways act or or something like that i'm i should have written written this down uh, before i started but i just kind of fell into this they basically worded it so that if you voted for this you're voting against the roads and highways which in a fucked up way of logic you 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 see the point but the truth is (laughs) much more layered as it often is well if you don't know that proposition didn't pass the, the, the repeal the roads thing or whatever. So California raised their taxes and all the proponents of that proposition were screaming, like saying, this is not what it's about. They fucked up. This is not about uh, uh, keeping our roads shitty. They had the money. They took the money and now they're raising your taxes to cover for their mess up. Doesn't matter. No one listened and everyone voted, didn't, uh, uh, didn't vote for it or voted no on the repeal or whatever. So Californians taxes went up. The roads still remain shitty. I had a very bumpy road as me and my wife moved the fuck out of California. And uh, and, and I don't plan on looking back. Well, and you know, I have to fly back for Mike's fucking wedding, but whatever. We'll see. Anyway, how do you get started on that? Oh, yeah. So um, there was a proposition. I don't think it went very far, but it was basically saying they looked at what happened with that, with the repeal of the gas tax and all that. They said, this is fucked up because the wording of this is what's swaying everybody. Because the majority of people don't even read. Yeah, let me think about it. Yeah, the majority of people don't even fucking read. You don't, You look, you get your sample ballot in the mail, right? And you look at it and you're, you know, oh, I just I saw this jargon, this political jargon was this and repealed or that. See appendix, blah, 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 blah. So there was a proposition that said, look, let's make it law that any new proposition has to be simple. This raises the taxes for this because of that. And I was very much in favor of that. Although when I did hear about it, I knew right away, this isn't going anywhere. This isn't going anywhere. No way. Why? Because of the news. The news, man. I can get into uh, the the follow the money, the trail going back to uh, why wouldn't they want that the case? I mean, why wouldn't they want that to be the case? They need the taxes high. They need the taxes high so the government gets more money so the government can spend that money to other contractors and other big businesses so that way they can get their money back so that those big contractors can pay for more lobbyists to pay for more attentions put on the state senate so that way they can raise taxes even more. It's a vicious cycle, man. It's a vicious cycle. This is why I'm a libertarian. I It, it blows my mind. I'm not technically a libertarian, technically Republican, but I'm very libertarian. <laughs> it blows my mind that people trust their government. They trust their, they believe those, they trust those people down at the DMV. They trust those people on the, that stand at the podium that can't even speak straight without a teleprompter. They can't just look you in the eye and tell you what they're thinking. The government, uh, blows my mind, blows my mind. How do you trust your government? doesn't make sense. 
Does not make sense. I'll always vote for smaller government. And the unfortunate thing is the government is only going to get bigger because it will never, never allow a law to be passed that makes it smaller. Would you ever, would you ever accept a demotion or <laughs> a pay decrease without quitting? I mean, come on. There's no way. The, you know, so the government's only going to ever get bigger. The only thing we can do is slow it down. It's just inevitable. It's, you know, if history teaches us anything, which, you know, I know a lot of people want to ignore, governments just keep on getting bigger and bigger until they're a tyranny and then the people revolt and then it starts all over. So America, the best we can do is just slow it down. Or so it seems to me. <laughs> I read one of the most influential books I ever read out of high school was uh, Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. If you haven't read it, it's worth a read. It's pretty It's pretty awesome. You know, love him, hate him. It, there's a lot of wisdom in there. Uh, but one thing he pointed on, and if you listen to debates, you'll kind of see it. Um, he often wrote, Benjamin Franklin often wrote about the art of conversation and debate and uh, and all that. And he would say often he would get people to see his point of view or come to his point of view when he would end a strong opinion with, quote, it seems to me. End it or begin it with, it seems to me that blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of, it's <laughs> it's something that I've tried to, I've, I've been doing for a very long time and it's something that's very effective. So a uh, little uh, conversation tip for you. You don't have to say it seems to me, but you could say, you know, in my opinion, even that can seem kind of whatever it, or I know the, the fad thing is uh, to speak my truth, which is horse shit. I never really liked that, but um, you know, something to think about. If you're in a debate or you want to get your point across, open with it seems to me because really it breaks down a lot of a lot of guards. You know, people can can ex- you're basically establishing right away that people can either accept or disagree with what you're about to say. It's just your personal belief. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think, was there any tan? Was I, I? I know I tangented a lot in that episode, but uh, yeah, I'd say that's a good chunk. That's enough for a commercial break. What do you think? What do you think, people? My first solo uh, episode. Yeah, I think if I had a radio show and a producer and all that kind of stuff, I think I'd be. Uh, I think I could do it. Whether I'd be good or not is 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 another debate, but we'll see. Anyway, I think I'm going to wind it up there, everyone. Um, uh, you've listened to my shitty opinions for enough for this time, um, but yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens with Georgia. I think they're going into a runoff, whatever the hell that means. Um, if you want to sound smart, uh, everyone, if anyone's that's listening, talk about Georgia. Say about how it's going into a runoff and pretend that you know what that means. Because I don't. I've been saying it's a runoff for the past two days and I sound really smart and everyone's really impressed. But the truth is I still need to look that up because I don't really know what that means exactly, what the rules are. I'm convinced that they change the rules every year. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. But quite frankly, I don't care. I don't care, nor should you. It's uh, not, not much is going to change. It'll be the same thing over and over. And no matter what the news and the social media has you believe and freaked out about, not much is going to change. It's going to be the same old stuff. But the news is just going to convince you that it's worse. So that's their job. Just stay alert to it. But anyway, I hope you guys have a good day. Thank you for listening. Um, hope you have a good day, good week. Um, And good luck to Mike and his lady as they get married this weekend. Much love to you guys. Um, I'm excited for you guys. Excited. 
Thanks, Mike, for listening. Thanks, all you listeners, for listening. And uh, if you liked what you're listening to, um, cool. <laughs> I was about to say like and comment and all that shit, but uh, I don't even know if people do that anymore. Comment on uh, what you think would be a good topic to talk about, I guess. Um, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one.